thing is so fitting. Who would have dreamed that the Christmas story would unfold the way that it did? You see, there are so many moments in the arrival of Jesus that no one would have seen coming. And I think it's appropriate because, after all, who doesn't love a good surprise? You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, kids, are you excited maybe for a surprise or two that may be hanging out under a tree this coming Sunday on Christmas morning? Anyone excited about that? How about the, the big kids? Excited maybe for a surprise or two? Thank you very much. Thank you for your honesty here this evening. Listen, we love a good surprise, and the Christmas story is a story of surprises. We see this in the story of the wise men. They went on a journey, and their story teaches us that the journey to Jesus is a story of surprises. And so as we read their story, I hope that you will consider your own story, your own journey, and how the story of Jesus might intersect with your own story and add some surprises to your life as well. So let me read from Matthew chapter 2, the first 12 verses. This is how the story goes. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is it is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may too worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down. And worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The first surprise we see in this fascinating story is who made the guest list? I mean, what on earth are some wise men from the east coming all the way over to Jerusalem to visit a baby? 
It doesn't, doesn't add up on the initial impression. But what we need to understand is that these men were students of the stars. They were masters of the constellations. And they were studying the stars in such a way. Sometimes we get the idea that magi uh, might like mean wizards or magicians. But that's not who these magi, these wise men were. Uh, in fact, they would have been some of the most respected and intellectual people in their city. You see, the stars were like the GPS system in the ancient world. In fact, one's survival often depended on one's ability to understand the stars. And so it was on this special night that God put a very strange but special star in the sky that drew these wise men on a journey. We don't know how long the journey was, but they went on a journey, perhaps for weeks or months, to make their way to find this one they believed to be a new king. Now, we sing stories about these wise men, and we, we sing songs and hear stories that, that, that sometimes actually run counterfactual to the story that I just read. So just to kind of clear things up for you tonight, okay? Maybe I'm not saying you have to go home and rearrange your nativity scene, all right? But, but just as the story goes, um, they weren't kings, okay? They were wise men. Uh, we don't know how many there were. There was more than one, but there probably were more than three, Okay? And they were not there on the night of Jesus' birth. I mean, the story is clear. They came after the birth, all right? So I'm not, I'm not saying you have to go and change your nativity scene, all right? I'm just trying to help everybody out here tonight to know how the story went down, okay? Now, as the story goes, we understand that we, we can know that they were from the East. And this is where the first surprise hits us. Because for the Jewish people waiting for their king to be born, they would not have expected for some foreigners to have a front row seat for the coming of their Messiah. In fact, they may not have liked that very much had they have known. But to have such an attitude misses the heart of God. You see, what I love about the Christmas story is that God welcomes everyone into the story. He welcomes people from all different backgrounds. It doesn't matter the color of a person's skin. It doesn't matter how much money is in the bank. It doesn't matter how many degrees are hanging on the wall. God welcomes everyone into his story to meet his Savior. And so in the story, we see that there were surprising guests, and these surprising guests came with surprising gifts. And there were three to be exact. That's probably where people thought, hey, there were three gifts, must be three kings, I mean, wise men, right? And so these surprising gifts, if you think about a gift, we all love to receive gifts, right? If you could receive three gifts, what, what three gifts would they be this Christmas? I mean, anyone want like a, a, a 4K UHD 60-inch new television? Anyone got that on your Christmas list? Maybe a new PlayStation 4? I mean, I had to do a little research. I, I was like stuck back in PlayStation 1 and 1 and a half. I think my parents got me a 2 and then I stopped playing video games. Like now they have a PlayStation 4. Uh, maybe some of you ladies would like some new bling, maybe some new jewelry for uh, your Christmas under the tree. Um, there, there are many things that we could wish for for Christmas. But what we understand about a gift is that the best gifts are the most fitting gifts. 
In other words, uh, let me give you an example. If I were to uh, get my wife a ring, it would be, be very wise of me to not go to the 25-cent gumball machine, you know, and, and, and pop out a little plastic ring. Instead, I should go and find a beautiful ring and perhaps a costly, a costly ring. Why is that? You, you see where I'm going, right? Because my wife is beautiful to me. Because my wife is a treasure to me. And this is what's happening here in this story with the gifts that were presented to Jesus. They fit who he was. And so in the gold, we see that the gold symbolizes his royalty. Whenever ancient kings were described and, and the, the reign of their kingdom, gold was the key word to look for. The more gold, the greater their wealth. The greater their wealth, the greater their royalty. And so the amazing implication here in the story is that Jesus is not a prince who was going to become a king, but he is a king who is already a king. Amazing claims here with this gift. But then it is ratcheted up a notch. We see that the next gift was frankincense. Frankincense was an odorous gum found in the bark of trees that produced a, a fine aroma. And it was used as an offering oftentimes to God. And so just think about the implications for a moment. In the picture of the gold, you have the picture of a king. In the picture of the frankincense, you have the picture of the divinity or the deity of Christ. In other words, this baby is more than a baby. I mean, we all love newborn babies, right? If you saw Enoch up here, how could you not just love how cute and precious he is, right? We all love it, unless they're like screaming at the top of their lungs and it's like back over to mom, all right? But, but we all love, we all love a baby. But Jesus was more than a baby. Jesus was a baby who was and is, as the story goes, God himself. He was royal, the king. He received frankincense as an offering reflecting his deity. But also, this God child was also fully man. He was fully God, and he was fully man. And we see this in the third gift, the gift of myrrh. Myrrh was an ointment that was used in very uh, everyday purposes, even for anointing one's body for burial. And so the story, as it unfolds, points us from the cradle of Christ to the cross of Christ. And we see that this newborn king was a king who was born to die. Christmas tells us that God sent his son into the world to live the life that you and I have tried to live, but we were unsuccessful in living it. We, we, couldn't, we couldn't live up to, to God's design for us. We've all failed at that in, in many different ways, myself included. So Jesus lived the life that I should have lived and you should have lived, and he died the death that we deserve to die so that through his life and through his death and resurrection that we celebrate on Easter, now we can have life through what he has done for us. The gold represents his 
kingship. The frankincense represents his deity, and the myrrh represents his humanity. But there's one more twist in the story. As we see these surprising guests with the surprising gifts, there's, there's something going on here, okay? Here's, here's a surprise for you. Today is my birthday, all right? December 23rd, 1980. I was like, hey, you don't have to sing me happy birthday right now. There's a surprise for you. Hey, hey listen, it would, be, it would be interesting if instead of receiving gifts today, I was the one giving all the gifts, right? Like, have you ever done that on your birthday? That would be a cool experiment. It might be shocking, right? But, but no one does that, right? Like, we don't give gifts when we're supposed to receive gifts on our birthday. But the twist in the story is that's really what's going on here. The, the gifts appear to be one-sided. Jesus receiving gold, frankincense, and But he is the greatest gift in the story. He is God's gift to the world. And so as we dig a little deeper into all of the many gifts that God gives us, we see some of them pop up in the story. It says that the wise men, when they saw the star, they were exceedingly joyful. They rejoiced with great joy. And the Christmas story tells us that, that God doesn't want us just to merely exist through life and kind of go through the motions as if, you know, joy was kind of the icing on the cake of life. But, but God wants us to experience joy every day in our everyday rhythms of life. He wants us to experience a fulfilled life. But then also there's the gift of love. I mean, when, when the Bible speaks of God sending his son into the world, most often it spe- speaks of the love of God. Perhaps you're familiar with the famous verse, for God so loved the world that he gave, he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. Not doesn't have to die, but can have eternal life with God. But here as we dig into the story, we also see there's another awesome gift, and that is the gift of peace. Matthew is quoting an Old Testament prophet who penned some words hundreds of years before Jesus' arrival. His name was Micah. And so if you look back in the story and you see verse 6, it talks about how the, the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, and he was going to shepherd the people. He was going to lead the people. But if we were to go back to Micah and keep reading, this is what it continues to say. It says that he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. In the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. And listen to this last part. And he, this person, this baby, who is the God-man, he shall be their peace. Who among us doesn't want a little more peace in our world? When we see the news and we see what's going on in Syria and we even think about the political unrest in our own country, we know that our world needs more harmony, more flourishing, more peace. We can look around and see families in financial difficulties and we can see relationships that are fractured rather than flourishing and we can see that our world needs a little more peace. But that's what's going on around us. What about what's going on within us. You see, if you're like me, you're, you, you often get impatient when you could and should be kind. You often, instead of being sacrificial and giving to others, you can kind of tend to be stingy and, and keep to, to yourself. Like instead of being selfless, we're, we're selfless, we're selfish. 
And so not only is there brokenness around us, but there is also brokenness within us. And so the fact that God sent his son into the world, it was for our healing, not only outside one day when everything will be made right because of the second coming of Jesus, but inside now because of the peace that Jesus came to bring us. And so this Christmas, as we consider the the journey to Jesus being a story of surprises, I would just ask you, where are you in your journey? We all come from different places. We all come from different experiences. Perhaps you would say, the meaning of Christmas for me is exactly as you're describing. It's, it's joy and love and peace because of who Jesus is. I'm all in with him. Some of you might say, you know what? This story is new to me, and I'm exploring more about who Jesus is. Listen, no matter what the case is for you here tonight, we at Redemption Hill, as just a small gift to you, we would love to help you take a next step. And so one thing we've done tonight is just on the back of this worship guide, on the the back of the connect uh, card side, you'll see an area with next steps. And it just says, how can we serve you in your journey this Christmas season? Maybe as a next step, you would say, hey, help me explore more about Jesus and Christianity. Some of you might say, hey, this is my first time to something hosted by Redemption Hill, and I would love to learn more about your church. And still others would say, hey, this is a nice event. Tell me more about fun night and soccer nights and some of the great ways you serve the city. In fact, I would like to serve with you. Even if I'm not a part of your church, I would like to serve when you go out and serve the city of Medford. Listen, I would love for you to take just 30 seconds to fill that out before we wrap up our time together. But above all, other than hearing that Redemption Hill Church is here for you, we want you to hear the message of Christmas, the meaning of Christmas is that God has gone to great lengths to surprise us with the gift of his son. So let me pray for you and your family this Christmas season, and we'll wrap up our time together in song. God, thank you so much that you would go to great lengths to send your son to be our savior. God, we celebrate the joy and the love and the peace that is available to us in the gift of Christ. And we ask that as we continue to celebrate tonight, and as we hang out at a reception after this and get to know one another, that the spirit of Christmas would flood our hearts and that we would display this spirit of Christmas, not just tonight, but moving forward and way beyond Christmas so that more and more people might know of your great love and that our city would be different and our world would be changed because of what you've done. We pray this in the name of Christ.